I had a client this last hour that said to me, um, tell Samuel, cause I always say like, I'm, I'm headed in to record the podcast, but she said, tell Samuel, I said, boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, we've hit our next catchphrase, I guess. <laughs> so she had just boom. been listening to, um, season three, episode two, apparently boom. you had said, boom. And so That's said, awesome. Tell Samuel I said that. <laughs> That's like, fantastic. Oh I'll try and bring that back. everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield. I figured we'd add that in, that little line, like I'm one of your hosts and you're one of our community members. <laughs> and we're I'm glad you're sure. here. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just as we kind of revisit things with, uh, you know, it's good to refresh. Maybe we'll change the intro. I'm not sure. But speaking of revisiting things, I'm very excited for this episode, and I'm sure you are too. We are revisiting boundaries, which is fantastic. Um, you know, boundaries season in and season out has been one of our most popular episodes. And it's one that I find myself kind of referencing from time to time, especially when things get rocky. So not only are we revisiting boundaries, we're also having a two-parter on boundaries. So I'm really excited. Um, this is boom. something. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I lost my train. <laughs> the boom was so big. It knocked oh, me no, out. No, no. I overboomed. Yeah. <laughs> I had a boundary failure. A boundary <laughs> violation <laughs> happened. Bring uh, back the boom and bring in some containment. Yeah, okay. It. Get yeah. it back in balance and moderation. That's actually a good intro. We can, we can roll with that. I, no, I dig it. I dig it. So actually, um, uh, so I'm excited that we can revisit this. This is a great tool to put in your um, kind of mental health tool belt as you kind of just deal with day to day. That's one of my, sometimes we talk about, you know, the overarching changes you can make. And here's something that you can kind of just equip yourself, you know, to deal with kind of the difficult situations. And it's something that I have used as a reflection when I see conflict in the room, when I see someone struggling with knowing what their sense of self is, or things seem really tangled up with a lot of emotion, or um, it's, it's hard to see what just happened here. It is often at the root of it, a boundary issue. And so it's really given me a lot of clarity for understanding humans, human behavior, human interactions, because typically when we're struggling to relate with someone, there's a boundary issue at play there. So the more that we can get kind of fluent in understanding this language, or um, if you're in a relationship with a partner or a close friend or a family member, if they can learn the same kind of language that we're using, it is so useful in the dynamics of a relationship because you can reference things like wounded child, adapted adolescent, walls, boundaryless, these kinds of terms can come up and you can really understand where the other person's coming from and where you are as you check in with yourself. 
So it's a very useful concept to get to know. So yeah, one of the feelings I feel whenever my boundary is violated is just kind of like that kind of like shock and kind of, you know, it kind of feels like you go into a quick, ah, what do I do real quick, you know, as you're trying to struggle. And then, um, yeah, this is why one of, some of these tips have been so helpful is to be able to recognize that moment and take a pause. And so to be able to define what's happening and, you know, actually put words to it is been helpful for me. So I'm excited for this. So a psychological boundary, the thing to understand at the very core of what we're talking about is where you end and where the world begins. So there needs to be some definition for you of that boundaries give you a space to call your own and to show others that both my space and their space is respected. So we're two separate people. We can have our, our own realities, our own subjective experience of something. We don't make assumptions that because we experience something one way that someone else will as well. We understand who we are and that the other person is unique to what, what they think, what they feel, what their beliefs are, what their experience is. It's going to be different than mine. But as we hold on to our birthrights that we talked about last time, we are all same as we're all precious and valuable. We all have inherent worth. And so we're able to, to notice these boundaries are true for me and for you as well. Therefore, um, they're for both of us in any given relationship. So Pia Melody talks about two different kinds of boundaries, and this is with our hand gestures that we have, um, described before, and we're going to go over them again, that if you take one hand, I use my left hand for this, but if you put that towards your heart, I'm putting that as I'm going to contain when I'm talking to someone, I'm going to be moderate in how I speak to someone. And that containing boundary is going to shield the world from me. So instead of me um, being boundaryless as a wounded child, that means I would, um, if I didn't have any boundary there, I would be oversharing. I would be dumping my emotions on other people. I would be blaming, shaming, attacking, criticizing, judging. I'd be doing all these things with no filter, no boundaries, injuring other people. So that is the containing boundary that I need to pay attention to with, um, with, with my talking boundary. And it's important because if I go to the other extreme of no boundaries and I'm in my adapted adolescent and I wall off, then I'm not able to share anything about myself and I'm not known. So it's a very isolated, lonely kind of place to be. If I wall off, there's no connection, there's no relationship. And so it's important to be balanced with that talking boundary. The other hand that we have is our right hand extended out. And that is our protective boundary. And this is what shields you from the world. This is a listening boundary. So anytime someone says something to me, if I extend my hand out, that gives me some buffer and some differentiation from someone else that they get to have their own experience. And I can hear that. I can consider it. I listen to it. I kind of, you know, originally my hand is extended outward as I'm evaluating it. I kind of turn my hand towards me 
to say, is that data helpful? Is this something I need to take in? I need to consider the source consider is, you know, how is this being, um, communicated to me? I'm going to, I'm going to process a little bit with that listening boundary before I just let it in. So on the two extremes, if we have the wounded child who has no listening boundary, they are the ones taking in all the blame, all the shame, feeling attacked, feeling judged, feeling disrespected because they're absorbing all the emotional energy in the room. They're taking it on. It's my fault. It's they're overwhelmed by other people's emotion. An adapted adolescent on the other extreme is walled off in their listening boundary. So they don't take in anything as far as um, maybe feedback that would be helpful for them or even love or encouragement or support or compliments. We were just talking earlier. I was telling Sarah, I really thought her hair was cute and I liked her hairstyle. She's like, oh, that's hard to hear that. Like, so you have to be able to let your, your wall come down a little bit to let some of that affirmation or kindness or encouragement or love in to be able to receive it. I think this, <clears throat> this is the kind of pose that actually I think back to more than anything is, you know, hand over my heart, right hand extended because, and then just kind of like an awareness pose, like I was doing it for, you know, the camera where you're like looking out, but essentially being able to kind of like see what's coming at you or see what's in front of you and having that hand out to say like, is that something that I need to put my hand up against? Or is that something that I can let in? And kind of like holding your um, hand over your heart as well to kind of remind yourself, I don't know, for me, it kind of reminds myself of the separation between like we're separate people. And so I don't have to be, you know, reliant on what they're doing and they don't have to be, you know, mm -hmm. controlled by what I'm doing. Um, but sometimes what I think of too, and I, we, I mean, I just like to introduce kind of metaphors and stuff too, but just kind of that plant wall or just kind of like our cell membrane, being able to accept good nutrients and things that we need, but being able to filter out other things, um, just that, you know, mm -hmm. are too much. I have a great plant uh, analogy or metaphor. I'm nice. not sure which one it's going to be, but a plant, <laughs> a plant can't grow unless it grows within its cell cellular structure. So if a plant is to grow up, and out, it has to have containment. It has to be able hmm. um, to stay together. And if it doesn't, if it gets too mushy, if it rots, um, you see it become this amorphous blob um, that is deconstructed. And in order for a plant to be healthy, it has to have strong, like good turgidity. It needs to have that, hmm. like the right composition of water and nutrients and fiber and all of that. Um, but you don't see plants, healthy plants don't turn into blobs without <laughs> any sort of containment or protection. It's needing that balance of both. I exactly. Mean, if we think of the functional adult and yeah. if, if there are functional boundaries in place, then you are both connected and protected. So the connected side is that I can share something of myself or I can receive something from someone else and we can have a healthy, balanced connection, but I'm also able to protect and say, not everything is good for me to take that in. Like it could drown me. It could be too much. It could be misguided. It could be 
Mm -hmm. harmful in fact. And so that's keeping us in a place of optimal relationship and growth to, to have the connection and to have the protection and both the talking and listening boundaries of being able to contain ourselves and protect ourselves are so important for that. So Julie, you're saying that this connection is also, is the containing part of the shield mm-hmm. is, is that what you're yeah, because I'm I'm able to say okay. that I want to have a relationship with someone I'm going to have to let my wall down a little bit to be able to share of myself to be known to be seen to be mm-hmm. heard and then also um, to be able to when I have my listening boundary there I'm able to bring that down so I can hear about someone else's experience, or I can hear feedback or encouragement or affirmation or support. I have to be able to let that in. And both of those are relational. Both of those are um, key parts of what our brain does and utilizes and to bring us into relationship with each other. That's That's found actually in our limbic brain as a little neuroscience tidbit Mm. of information. The limbic yeah, brain is, is that, that emotional again? brain with the amygdala um, Great. Mm-hmm. and our ability and our right side of our brain to have a right brain to right brain connection with someone that I feel seen and heard and felt and resonated with. All of those are attachment dynamics. Mm-hmm. So it's- imp- I always like when we can mix in a little bit of, hey, this is what's actually going on. Your amygdala yeah. back there, yeah. your limbic brain. So it, cool. when we have that triune brain that we talked about many weeks ago now, but the communication between that prefrontal cortex or our functional adult with our limbic brain, with our wounded child and adapted adolescent, we're scooping them all up and we're communicating between them. All of the needs of those young parts of us, we're able to get them met in healthy, boundaried, moderate ways. Um, so our whole self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connected and protected, even within like your own self to be able to say to, you know, what am I able to do right now versus what am I able like, you know, that moment when you get home and you're like, oh, I have so much to do. I have to get all of this stuff done tonight or else like, I'm going to have a horrible week. And then like maybe your other part of your brain being able to wake up and say like, okay, well, what do we actually need to get done tonight? And what can we mm-hmm. do to make you feel better now? Um, it's just interesting how the boundaries work on multiple levels in an intrapersonal way and an intrapersonal way. And I like what you're referencing there, Samuel, because it is, it does go back to what we've been talking about. Listen to your body. Your body has wisdom for you and you need to check in and be connected to yourself, come back to home base and even ask with any interaction that you have, check in with the wisdom of your body before you say yes to something And before you say no to to something, because there's implications of that. And so do I have the energy to invest in this right now? What am I able to do? What am I not able to do? Those are some good reflection questions for boundary work that um, no is a boundary word. Being able to say, no, that's too much. I can't do it. Being able to check in with yourself with moderation to say, what's my body telling me? Do I need more rest? Do I have... Um, the capacity to give to this in this moment, that's boundary work. I feel like I'm somebody who tries to give stuff so that yes comes really easily. And I'm sure a lot of us can identify with that. But I was thinking it probably gives you enough time to think for you to just give yourself a moment to take a deep breath 
and earn internally say the word <laughs> boom. <laughs> Uh, I'm just kidding, but it, it might actually be able to just be like, you know, to take that beat, just to take that minute where, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't take that minute, somebody's like, Hey, can you do this? And I'll be like, sure. Happy to help. But it's like, ah, did mm-hmm. I really think about it? Did I really actually, but if I go, Hmm, like I can't take on that or, Hmm, mm-hmm. you know what? Today's mm-hmm. too busy. How about you? Uh, let somebody else know. Julie, for someone who's not used to having boundaries, um, what's the first step to, making that first step of having a boundary of that containment and protection. I think part of it is that checking in with your body, like what doesn't feel okay. What doesn't feel like if it feels like this is too much or I'm, I'm committing to too much or someone is kind of overstepping, that's kind of a felt sense in our body that we're being encroached upon. And it could happen physically, like someone is too close to us, but it can also happen emotionally, psychologically, relationally, where we just feel kind of encroached upon. And we're realizing I need to set a boundary right here because this is, this is not okay with me. So if you can ask yourself the question, how does this feel to me in my body? Does this feel okay to me or not? And if it's not, then that's somewhere I need to assert myself and protect myself. And I can do that in ways that are functional. I can do that with kindness and respect and assert myself and not be a complete jerk about, you know, making sure somebody, you know, to be aggressive with it. I think to be assertive is to say, I value myself. I value the other person. I value our relationship. And so I'm willing to speak clearly about what I need, um, And what I will respect that the other person needs for themselves too, which kind of speaks back to a little bit of what you were talking about on the last episode too, Sarah, as far as like, if you, if, if you ask someone to do something to not take it personally, if they have to say no, like they have to take care of themselves. Um, that's a way to avoid victim anger, which is, um, somewhere where I needed to assert a boundary and I didn't, I will end up feeling like a victim. I will end up feeling like someone has either disrespected me or not treated me well, but it might've been something that I actually needed to assert to protect myself and needed to have the communication and the clarity. Um, so it, it really does come back to that, come back to home base. How does this feel for you? What are you noticing and where might you need to communicate a little bit more of how this feels for me. When this happens, we have what we call like a speaking boundary or talking boundary. It's when this happens, this is how I'm experiencing it. And about that, I feel angry, hurt, sad, frustrated, whatever. So you're sharing the impact it has on you. um, And you're using it from your framework, but your, your boundaries that you set up are done for you to be a healthy functional adult. They're not something that you put on somebody else. Um, It's something that you assert to be a healthy human. Throughout all of this last season, it strikes me that what we're talking about also is based on Mm -hmm. taking a breath. (laughs) Like Samuel said, taking that beat, coming back to your breath, coming back to your body, instead of these knee-jerk reactions where we want to, the wounded child is going to have a knee-jerk reaction. The adapted adolescent is going to have a knee-jerk reaction. Um, as a functional adult, we're taking those breaths and allowing ourselves to identify our boundary, maybe. I don't know. That's something that I'm... I'm I think that's right. To sit with 
Yeah. How, how you, you feel, feel about, about it, how you're experiencing it. Like, does it feel like I'm valued and respected and cared for and that I'm precious and valuable. And so is the other person. It's not going one up that I'm grandiose, that everyone should treat me this incredible way. It's that I want to be same as with others. And I want to treat them in a way that honors them and they honor me. It's a very mutual, like kind way of interacting in the world. It sounds like one of the ideas we're also circling around is like, what do bad boundaries look like? And kind of what's the repercussion of those things? And you can kind of see, you know, as people, you know, overstep or kind of assume you can feel, you know, like they owe this to me or this is owed to me, or there's like that Mm -hmm. control aspect where I do see where mom was saying, like, where you don't feel respected or you don't feel, you know, heard if it, even if it was an opportunity for you to speak up or not, you just start to withdraw and say, you know, this world, you know, no one gets me here or they don't understand what I am. And I think that's an important point too, especially when we're discussing, you know, boundaries is the importance of it and kind of like the, you know, unsatisfying feelings that come with trying to control everything or just trying mm-hmm. to escape. Absolutely. And, and so as we're talking about being a healthy human, we're going to get into next time. Like what do unhealthy boundaries look like is what, what does that even mean? It would be that I am either in my wounded child state, which has no boundaries, or I'm in my adapted adolescent that puts up walls. And as Terry real says, those are two losing strategies, which are control and withdrawal. Like it's not able to engage and not able to connect and overly trying to control somebody else or being walled off and, and withdrawing away. So we're going to look at next time, what some of these boundary violations are and how we can take this to a new level in interacting in our relationships with each other. Cool. Yeah, I dig it. I think this was good. You know, something that we're trying to do is trying to get you guys some information, you know, that's digestible. And that's part of like this revisiting of um, boundaries is you can just cue this up after you've listened to a couple songs on your commute and just kind of, you know, take a deep breath, maybe before heading to work or heading to a stressful event. And this is so important. Like we've talked about, this is kind of like daily Mm -hmm. application or even hourly. It's the ongoing practice. (laughs) This isn't just a head knowledge that I've learned that concept. This is a, how do I experientially live this out? How do I mindfully aware, grow and be intentional in my relationships with others, but also with myself? How am I helping myself have experiences of connection and protection that are balanced and moderate and healthy that I'm, I'm working these muscles all the time. And when I get off track, I remember, and I come back when I get into an adapted state, wounded child or adapted adolescent, I come on back and I keep coming back, keep coming back. I dig it. And I would totally say, but yep. What Sarah's doing right now, being able to, (laughs) I'm just practicing uh, left hand over your heart, you know, and right hand extended being able to, before you go into maybe a stressful event or a time that you feel overwhelmed, being able to put that up and remind yourself, you know, here's where I end. Here's where they end. And it's a good grounding technique using the hand motions. I really encourage you all, even Mm -hmm. though you're on a, an audio way of hearing us and not a visual, I really encourage you to do these hand motions with us and to be able to kind of 
Yeah, there you unless go. You're if driving. you're not driving, you're <laughs> unless you're driving, I'll just <laughs> wait until you are at a stoplight or something. But um, yeah, check in with yourself to kind of remind yourself of these boundaries because that becomes a body memory for your brain and it kind of takes it to another layer of understanding as well. I dig it. Awesome. Well, welcome to the uh, end of the episode. <laughs> It's always funny how I transition these sometimes. It's, it's all off the <laughs> I dome. live for these. <laughs> yeah, right. We could do takeaways. Um, so I know, but last time we did takeaways and, and I kind of like switching Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not that we're not always grateful because we always look for grateful things, but I wonder if we do takeaways. Yeah, sure. It sounds like you're it. inspired, mom. What's what's your big takeaway? I like the pause and the breath because it brings us back to the functional adult to check in. If I'm going to check in with my body, I have to pause and say, is this okay with me? Is this not, does this feel good? Does this not? And that's going to guide my ability to be assertive and to help my needs get met in healthy ways. And so it's kind of like a checking back in, come back to home base, take a breath, get in my functional adult, and then I can evaluate my boundaries better. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's a mic drop. I think we're done because th that was my <laughs> takeaway too. <laughs> I want to hear your words, Sarah. Um, so lately what's been percolating my brain is breath or breathe and, um, coming back to my breath, coming back to, um, to home base essentially. And this boundary work really emphasizes that it's all about taking that breath. Um, you know, whether you're at the gym and someone is like encroaching on your space, like physical space, whether I'm driving and there's another driver ahead of me who I just want to drive off the road, um, or, you know, work relationships, um, other relationships. I, my knee jerk response is always like Samuel was saying earlier, you know, like saying yes. And here, you know, coming back to my breath helps me, helps me um, do right by myself. It honors the integrity within me and it honors the integrity within those around me. And so my big practice is not only just doing that left hand over my heart and my right hand out, but as I do that, mm -hmm. taking a physical breath. I like that. I like the namaste reference that you had there too. <laughs> the higher in me recognizes the higher <laughs> in you. Namaste. I was ready to yes. do my third eye up to my forehead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knuckles to your third eye. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. I like recognize it. the light in you. You know, I, I would say this too. This is something that's helped me as well. I heard it on another podcast, but you know, as somebody who kind of thinks fast and moves fast, like I, I'm just somebody who responds the phrase like on second thought or actually has been really life-saving to be like, Hey, actually I did take that beat and I can't, you know, being able to go back on what you had said, or even, you know, go further. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, whenever I knee jerk into one reaction, being able to, you know, take that beat and pretty, you know, quickly turn around and just say, Hey, on second thought, <laughs> I acted too quickly and mm -hmm. I don't want to let you down or, um, Anyway, you know, I was going to say is a gratitude of mine is uh, the co-hosts and this vibe that we've created. We have a great vibe going. We were able to do, you know, a pre-meeting pretty quick and kind of throw this, you know, new concept, revisiting old concept. <laughs> and it's just been a fun time throughout the whole process instead of feeling like stressful or bored. <laughs> we are so I super wanted to shout out my co-host. <laughs> Sarah and I are sitting here dancing in the background on Zoom so we can kind of feel the energy and the excitement and the love and the affection for each other. It's kind of fun. 
That's totally why I was doing it, not to distract <laughs> Samuel at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Uh, well, um, I think that ends another episode. Um, so thanks so much for joining us today. Um, we will have another episode for you in a couple weeks here in two weeks. But um, join us for part two of Boundaries when we'll dive a little bit further into this. And you'll figure out some real situations that it's kind of applicable for. But thanks so much for joining us, everyone. We will talk to you soon.